You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it? It's vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to the 10th anniversary of Earth Station Who. That's right, folks. Way, way back, March 19th, 2012, we did our first episode of Earth Station Who, and the rest is history, folks. We've been traveling through the time with the Doctor ever since. We're the longest-running companions, you could almost say. But it's actually kind of fun that we have been chatting about Doctor Who, about Big Finish, about the, the original series, the new series, some books. We, we've we talked about it all. We've had some amazing topics and amazing panels and everything over the last 10 years at different conventions across the South. And it's actually, we've even made it to California to be at Hulanta to talk about Doctor Who out there. So a lot has happened over the last 10 years with us and Doctor Who is one of our loves and one of our passions. And thank you guys for being with us over the last 10 years. And who could I not have done this without? without? Of course, my companions. Of course, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. How are you doing, sir? You've made it 10 years with us on this show. 10 years with this show and even more so with the show before that. Yes, I am. I think we've established that I am a glutton for punishment. Yeah, I know, but it's cool. You know, we've been through the good of Doctor Who and the bad. So, and it's been pretty darn awesome. But happy anniversary, my friend. Yes, it's a great, uh, it's an amazing feat, actually. I mean, uh, who knew that uh, we would get this far? Who knew? (laughs) Who knew, right? Exactly. It's pretty awesome that we've been able to, you know, go this far with talking about Doctor Who. And we haven't made it to Trial of a Time Lord yet. That's pretty damn awesome. So it's, it's, it's cool. And, you know, we'll talk to the newbie who's been with the show for quite a few years now, almost 200 episodes. Let's welcome Mary Ogle. Hi, everybody. It's fantastic to be here. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, happy anniversary to you too. Oh, happy anniversary to you guys. It's very exciting. I, in fact, I started listening to you guys soon after you started broadcasting Way before I I knew I would be on the show. <laughs> you had a psychic premonition. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got to listen to these guys because, you know, 
it was it was pretty awesome though you know that you know you got to join us and you've been a natural fit for us and thank you for everything you've done with us oh thank you guys you're some of my best friends now i wouldn't trade it for anything Oh, it's pretty darn awesome. And thank you to everyone who's joined us over the years. Thank you for our co-hosts over the years, especially Dave West, because Dave was the co-host for the first hundred episodes. And then he regenerated into Mary. So it was huh. pretty, pretty cool to see that, you know, and it was neat to see because Dave hadn't really done any podcasting before he joined with us. And now, you know, a lot of people know him as Phantom Troublemaker and or formerly known as the Phantom Troublemaker. And it's pretty darn amazing to see the growth and how much he's gone to be a very successful, you know, entertainer. And it's it's pretty darn amazing. And also want to give a shout out to Jennifer Hartshorn, who was with us for quite some time also. And thank you. Thank you. And. Um, we also had Dr. Scott Vigay popping in for quite a bit at the beginning. Um, we also had, you know, a few others. But I know this man here who's joining us tonight was there for episode one. Let's say howdy to Bobby Nash. Hey, hey, hey. Good How's, to be back. Oh, excuse me. The award-winning author, Bobby Nash. That's better. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, I, was, I was writing my comp complaint note right now. <laughs> I, it's like, so favor, how could you forget? <laughs> so it's much in the contract. Happened. So much has happened in 10 years. He's won all these awards. Uh, yes. It's, it's yes. pretty amazing. Yeah, 10 years ago, it's like, man, I wish I could get something published. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> he was being introduced as struggling writer. Now it's award-winning struggling writer. There Bobby you Nash. go. There you go. The award-winning, yes. though, actually adds to it. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Well, I think it's like anything else. You know, people think that once you've done it, oh, you're, you're this overnight success. They don't realize the struggle continues. <laughs> I'm sure you guys go through that, with, that the, with doing a podcast every week, you know. Oh, so trust me. Trust me. <laughs> So what's really awesome is that not only is this uh, our 10th anniversary episode, but uh, this is episode number 296, right? Well, if you add up the four specials that we've done, which were not numbered, then this is actually our 300th episode as well. Ooh, Mikey. So it, it's our you get a gold star tonight. And Man, our- I should have asked for more money. Our 300th episode, um, which is pretty amazing. And, um, you know, it's great that Bobby's here. Bobby has the, uh, he has been uh, our most frequent guest uh, throughout the, our run of the last 10 years. Second only to Scott Begay, who, as you mentioned, uh, Mike was here a lot in the beginning and, and occasionally just still joins us as well. Oh, of course. But, um, we yeah, it's, had, it's just uh, the last 10 years I've been trapped in that, that darn airlock. Just you and JD. Me and JD. Yep. We yeah. have away the time. But, J- but had- you, you get to go on all these other podcasts. JD has his own podcast now. Yep. Even. So, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. You know, we, it does once, once, we let, once we let Wi-Fi into the station, you know, Bobby was nonstop. So it's pretty awesome. Well, I figure since I never shut up, I might as well record it. <laughs> <laughs> we have had the pleasure of uh, having guests on uh, a number of 119 total guests um, uh, that have joined our show over the last 10 years. And, and thanks to every single one of them. Uh, we've been blessed to have two doctors uh, join us on our show, as well as a, a few companions, uh, a doctor's wife, 
a couple of um, uh, a couple of folks from Torchwood, a couple of folks from the Paternoster Gang. Um, it's been really, really fun. It's pretty amazing if you think about it. I would have never expected us to be going for this long. Truthfully, <laughs> you know, I you know I thought you know because we did the show because on Earth Station One. We were reviewing, on top of everything else we did, every episode, we reviewed an episode of Doctor Who, pretty much. And people were going, hey, 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 I think you're talking a little bit too much about Doctor Who, and we'd love to hear you talk about the other stuff instead. And so Mike and I... So we switched um, to Walking Dead. Exactly. <laughs> For a little bit, we did, yeah. And then we got complaints about that. And then so. people said, hey, you're just talking about Walking Dead too much. So we stopped watching Walking Dead altogether. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's because you were talking too much about it. That's a good point. And, you know, it's funny because we were at, what was it called? Fanacon? Or what was it? The, over the weekend? What was it? The convention? It was Fandemic Tour. Fandemic Tour. And there was a lot of Walking Dead there. And we actually even got somebody pissed at us because we <laughs> and were And a talking, lot of guests, too. We were talking a little bit too much, and they couldn't get to their Walking Dead panel. That was coming up. <laughs> And we we did go a little bit over, but you know, that's if you want to hear the panel we went over with was what's next in the MCU. That's the new episode of our Station One that's going live this week. So we've recorded that at Fandemic. So it's pretty cool, and it was it was a fun con to go to. And we will be publishing actually as a special bonus to our patrons our Doctor Who panel we did over the weekend. So I believe there were some there were some Doctor Who related guests there. When James um, Marsters was there. James Marsters was there. So was uh, David Morsey. Yes. And and John Barrowman. And, and John Barrowman. Barrowman. Yes. You couldn't miss Barrowman. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a con. He was there. Yeah. I, I did miss him, though. I don't think I actually actually saw him. It was actually pretty awesome to get to see all the different things going on at the con and such. But it's neat because... With this creation of this show, this is technically Earth Station Who is for the original spinoff show of Earth Station One, and this actually was the first show of the ESO network. So, because before that, we just had Earth Station One, and Earth Station Who then uh, came on board, and then Dr. Scott said, you know, literally, I think after we recorded the first episode, hey, you're doing another show. Why don't you do a network? And I'm getting ready to do a science podcast. Would it be cool if I came on board? And so Dr. Scott's Dr. Geek podcast was the second show on the network. And actually, I think the third show was uh, Jason and Rita, um, who did transmissions from Atlantis for quite some time. Who we all met at who Lanta. Who Lanta. So it was Doctor Who related. Exactly. Because we were actually doing a podcast panel and Jason and Rita actually came up to us after the panel and said, hey, we're thinking about doing a show. What it would take to be on your network? Because we had just said, hey, we're thinking about doing a network. And they they said, you know, oh, you have to do this, this, and this. And send me your RSS feed and you'll be part of the network. We weren't choosy back then. You know, that's why we took Jason and Rita. And, but it was kind of cool to be able to um, meet them. And we also met another guy who said, oh, I'm going to get doing a podcast too. I would like to join too. And never heard it from that guy. I don't even remember what he was, his podcast was about. But, you know, I think his name was Mark Marin or something like that. You know, 
Yeah, whatever but, happened to him? <laughs> no, no one ever heard from that guy ever again. But um, Jason Rita, within like 48 hours, got me their first episode. It was actually pretty awesome. And the way we went with ESO Network and this show has had a lot of highs. It, you know, we got to see um, the very first episode we reviewed was, of course, an Earthly Child because the first dozen episodes we actually were reviewing the regenerations. And so we t we had we went one episode was the first episode with the doctor, then the next episode was the last episode with that doctor, and so on and so forth. And it was hard because at the time, uh, both uh, the 10th planet and also the first Patrick Troughton episode was only available audio wise. We weren't able to actually see video of it. So it was, it was kind of neat to you know, experience that. Um, then of course we took a break because Dr. Who came back and it was actually Matt Smith's third season that we first started on the show with. And we actually did Asylum of the Daleks as our first new series that, you know, new review that we did. And we've been ever since we've done every episode since then. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, which the new ones we do, of course, in order because we record our reviews of them as they're, as they air. But as far as the classic series, we just do in, in sort of, um, it's not a random order, but it feels like a random order. But it's uh, a lot of our contemporary, a lot of our uh, podcasting pals that do Doctor Who podcasts have uh, said about doing the entire uh, run of Doctor Who from start to finish. Um, and they do a great job. Many of them do a fantastic job. But we decided that uh, on our show, we would just be uh, a little bit more uh, variable, variable than that, um, because we would want to just, you know, if we're in the mood for a fourth Doctor story, or if something is relevant, like next week, we're going to do a third Doctor story because it's relevant to the new episode of Doctor Who that's coming out. So, exactly. so we try not to... I can't believe you used variable instead of timey-wimey. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude. I know. What kind uh, of fan are you? No, we, uh, we've, we've only, we've only, we try to review uh, each episode, uh, each story once, although it has slipped by us where we have actually done it twice. Uh, two episodes, we have two stories we have done twice. Um, and uh, for those people who are wondering like, wow, you've been doing this for 10 years. Uh, how many more Doctor Who stories do you have left to go? We've got 96 as it currently stands. Uh, Doctor Who stories that are in canon actually like to go. And now some of those are are um, not available, at least not until they're animated. Uh, but um, so we haven't, uh, so those we might not be ever be able to chance to do. And like four or five of them are part of Trial of the Time Lord. So we won't do those for a long time. Thank goodness. Uh, so, but, you know, not, you know, with every other week, 96 episodes, 96 stories. That's going to, you know, it's going to be a while before we uh, um, finish that run. And then we've still got Big Finish and various other things that we can do. And, and Doctor Who's not going anywhere. So it's still going to come out with new episodes, hopefully every year. Um, Fingers and... crossed. Fingers <laughs> crossed. That's just so, them giving you guys time to catch up. So, you know, there's still a lot for us to cover a lot for us to cover. So I, I, I originally w was excited about doing this 10 years ago. I was excited about doing this because I wanted to see every Dr. Who story that had ever been filmed. And uh, you know, we're, we're well on our way. 
I think we're like what two thirds of the way. So um, definitely, and we haven't even done any of the spinoffs yet. We haven't, you know, reviewed episode by episode of Torchwood or Sarah Jane, or God help us, class. You know, hmm. so you know we haven't done any of that yet. So that's still to come. You know, I'd like to us to eventually get there. Right. This is Mike's way of admitting we have no class. And exactly. We never no, we will not have class on the show. <laughs> There will be no class. There will be no class. That's a no class. (laughs) Nah, not at all. But yeah, it's so we got a lot to do still on the show. So the future's bright for us. And, you know, we're not going anywhere. We like talking with each other. We like being, you know, and hanging. And it's pretty cool to be able to talk Doctor Who. And there's still an interest. And there's a growing interest, especially with RTD era part two coming. And so it's going to be very interesting to see what comes about it. And as long as he doesn't have farting aliens, I think we're going to be okay. So, <laughs> or, or Rose returning. Well, that's a big, okay. But you know, what about Rose <laughs> returning as a farting alien? I could go for that. <laughs> that I could go for. That one's okay. That one's okay. That and like, I, like I keep on saying, you know, um, the actress, Billy Piper, no problem with, not a problem with Rose problem with so, but you know, cause you know, I liked her as the moment and she was a ton of fun as the, as that and for the 50th anniversary, I'd be curious to see if they invite her back for number 60. So, so could be kind of cool to see and who knows what will happen. Who knows as a certain doctor said, you know, well, I certainly curators it. Curator, that's true. He wasn't a doctor. He just pointed at his nose. At least we don't know. Exactly. Whether he was or not. That's all in Moffat's head, so it's okay. So, but yes, folks, and thank you. Thank you, thank you for joining us for all the 10 years. I know some of you are fairly recent. Some of you we just found at Fanaticon, and you're listening to your first episode. Welcome, and thank you for joining us, and thank you for being part of the panel. It's pretty awesome to see you guys, but always awesome to be with you guys here. So definitely would love to hear from you guys at home though. Please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com. Definitely would love to hear what has been your highlights of the show, a couple lowlights. And, you know, I always loved it when we used to go to cons and people would walk up to me and said, why did you fire Phantom from the show? I am going to tell you now on this episode, I did not fire Dave West. (laughs) He left on his own free will because it was during the middle of the Capaldi era and he was actually losing interest in the show. And he said he didn't want to be part of a review show that, you know, he couldn't put his full in and his care and care because, you know, and I understand that because especially he felt like at at the time his son was still really young and he didn't feel right having his son watch the show. And so that was one of the many reasons he left so well and 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 jennifer i think had similar feelings uh when she when she left as well because she was sort of uh kind of over a lot of the stuff that was going on and and we get it you know i mean uh you know i'm a diehard and i haven't even though as people you know who have listened especially over the last couple years know i mean i'm not a huge fan of chibnall and what's been going on uh lately but it's not been enough for me to to say goodbye to this franchise just yet and there's no. still enjoyable moments. I know as much as we rag on Chibnall, there have still been episodes that we've liked. Absolutely. 
and and I love Jody. So if it was something where I didn't like the doctor, uh, the the actor or actress that's playing the doctor, and I didn't like the showrunner, then that would be a major problem. But uh, the fact that I like Jody a lot um, really secured me into watching. And as we, as I've said many, many, many times, that uh, you know, even last week when we reviewed a unfortunate uh, John Nathan <laughs> Turner episode. Um, uh, which this one is John Nathan Turner too, so I, sh- I guess I should uh, see, sort of hold back on that X-nay criticism. But... On the X name, my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, in any case, I uh, you know, no matter how bad the episode is or how bad the story is, I love talking to you guys about it, and that's what makes our show fun. Exactly, and that's the pretty much the interesting part about it is being with you guys. I wouldn't want to do the show without you guys. And I have fun with you guys. I love hearing your opinions. Sometimes people complain that we agree way too much on the show (laughs) with our reviews. But, you know, sometimes we don't. And that makes it interesting that, you know, everyone has their own opinion. And there's episodes, folks, that we don't like of Doctor Who. We're just not clones where everyone goes, yes, Doctor Who's the best show on the world. It is, you know. And I've heard some podcasts where even if it's a really bad episode, they're going to go, oh, it's wonderful. It's great. And it's like I'm biting myself in my cheek not to yell at them, you know. And it's like Judy half the time goes, why are you yelling at your phone? It's like (laughs) listening to this podcast. It's like, okay. So I think there's also a sense of community that's been built too over around this, you guys in the podcast over the last few years. Like I see you guys at shows at conventions where people, where you're talking with listeners and we've met listeners who have found us to tell us how much they enjoy listening to the show, this one or earth station one or, or any of the others. It, that's been really cool to know that. Cause I don't know if you, if you guys do this, but whenever I do this, I tend to forget that there's listeners you know, it's just, we're having a good time. We're having a conversation. And then someone later goes, oh yeah, I was listening to that. And I'm like, oh, I hope I didn't say anything bad. <laughs> oh, we were recording that. Oh. Sure, sure, sure. Let us, on our th- on our 300th episode, let us just let our, our devoted listeners know how much we little really care about them while we record. <laughs> no, no. Wow. <laughs> oh, just, wow. wow. I, didn't, I didn't say that. I it's didn't that say that. We are that. so I just said comfortable that, with yeah. them. It, it is yeah. like just sitting yeah, with a group of friends. Right. It's not thinking, oh my God, I'm in, you know, there's, how there's 12 people listening i think the magic number there's you know, however many hundreds of people are listening I, you know i don't think about it when i'm doing it but it's, i it's- am uh in this and also you know there's a right now currently you know there's an infinite number of podcasts right i mean there's just so many podcasts out there that are vying for people's time attention um etc and 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 uh, another like hundreds of them are devoted to Doctor Who. And the fact that people would choose us, and not only once, but again and again and again, uh, I just find that so flattering. And 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 I'm so grateful for that. Um, and that's that really moves me a lot when I meet people and, and I hear about that. Um, I think Mike uh, let us know a stat, I think it was a couple months ago that we were like in the top 100 of Doctor Who podcasts and some sort of chart. And I was like, really? I mean, because that's, I mean, that doesn't seem like a lot, but in, in the vast sea of Doctor Who podcasts that are out there, that to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I always used to be, you know, amazed when 
some of the other podcast alliances and stuff used to read the ratings and, you know, orders of the most popular Doctor Who podcast each week. And we used to be up there in the top 10, top 20. And these were over 100 podcasts that were in competition with us. So thank you, listeners, as we always like to say, thank you, thank you. And I always joke that we have five to 10 listeners, you know, well, Bobby's here, so that makes it nine. So, (laughs) but yeah, so, you know, five to, you know, nine listeners, but we actually have a decent listening audience, which is pretty cool and everything. And Mm -hmm. we appreciate it. And that's, you know, that's humbling. It really is. Yeah. And and it's led to, like you mentioned, the opportunities of doing panels at conventions and things like that, you know, where people are inviting you as the podcast, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah. I know. You know, and it's pretty awesome. I've only mispronounced one guest's name wrong (laughs) in front of an audience. I was going to say in front of never let you forget it. I will never let myself forget it, you know, you know, and it's funny every night before I go to sleep, Katrin, Katrin. (laughs) (laughs) And you were so gracious. Oh, she was wonderful. (laughs) She, she was so sweet. And it was, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was awesome. And there's only one of the doctors we met that I didn't like, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, you know, everyone else we've met has been wonderful. So it's, you know, and I feel very fortunate that we've got to, meet you know so many great people both new and old series and it's pretty cool yeah and not only have we has this podcast allowed us myself to meet and 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 actually talk with people who've worked on the show uh itself but um there are many people that uh have been guests on this show have been associated with our show in one form or another that i now as mary pointed out consider like really close friends Mm -hmm. And, and, and listeners as well, even if you've never appeared on this show, um, you know, and, and we've talked, uh, even if we haven't talked, I consider you a friend. Um, so please feel free to approach us at some point if we, if you get the opportunity. Um, but um, for, it's just. Uh, it, before we go any further, though, there's someone I do want to, three people I want to give a huge, huge shout out about to real sure. quick. Um, first one, I want to give a huge shout out to Alan Seiler. And his crew, formerly Timegate and Hulanta, mm-hmm. um, they they were our first cons that we did as Earth Station Who, and they welcomed us as part of their family every year. Wanted to thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, also wanted to thank, of course, Caro and Robert, part of the Brit Tracks at Dragon Con, and they also have included Earth Station Who every year. And we'll be happy to say and happy to announce that they've invited us back again for this year at Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. So we will have a, uh, at least one Earth Station Who panel, hoping for maybe a couple others. But, you know, let's, you know, be thankful for them and thank you guys so, so much. And of course, and last but not least, let's also thank Bonnie and Matthew over at Concaster Burris for having us year after year. Um, we came in late into their run, but every year they gave us tables. They gave us a chance to interview. They gave us, you know, Matthew gave us Sunday, uh, panels and, you know, basically gave us time to moderate the guests. And that's how we met, you know, Katrin, Nev. Um, we also got to talk to Pierre Davison. We also got to 
talked to Gato from Torchwood, and of course, Canton Everett Delaware the <laughs> Third. We got to talk to Mark Shepard was awesome. Well, he didn't really talk to us. He took the no, microphone no. and said, I'm not talking to you guys. And then he went on. Yep. So, and we just sat there going, <laughs> and so it was pretty awesome. And, you know, but so thank you guys, all of those conventions. Thank you. And hopefully we'll be doing more Doctor Who cons and such over the next few years. You know, once we get more cons starting up, which seems very hot and heavy right now. So. It's pretty much going to happen again, folks. So. Yeah, we get to, we've met some wonderful Doctor Who people at, at various conventions over the years. I think oh, yeah. uh, for me, the probably the 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 greatest experience, Doctor Who uh, experience was meeting Terrence Dix at uh, I believe it was the last Time Gate before it changed to Hulanta. Well, I think that he, was that was one of his last cons. Yeah, he stopped by my table and was asking me questions about my books. You know, which is pretty darn awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was, uh, but that, but you know, again, because of this, the show and doing being at these conventions and stuff, we got to meet some really, really great people. Oh, very much so. I think our first um, companion ever was um, we got to meet Ace at mm -hmm. at TimeGate. And that's also how we met uh, Dr. Scuffy Gay. And it was pretty awesome. And she was, she was just wonderful. And we were, Mike and I were sitting on the floor, like almost like, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was pretty cool. But Sophie Aldridge was just wonderful. And she was so gracious. And she was our first Doctor Who guest that we got to interview. So it was pretty cool. Nice. So, yeah, and, and and doing shows like the smaller ones, like a Time Gate or something like that, gives you more of that. Like when you do these big shows where there's long lines, and there's not really a chance to talk to these folks. But doing something like Time Gate or Hulanta, you know, you, you get to, a minute to at least sit and talk with people. Oh yeah, that's why I like the the smaller cons because you get to meet them. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be at South Carolina Comic Con, and Sylvester will be there. Mm -hmm. An awesome guest. Yes. Yes. Very he is always so. fun. He is always fun. He was always great. My best memory of Sylvester is hanging. I think we were hanging out with you up at uh, the upper level of the Marriott. Mm -hmm. And we were he taking, was just there. Yeah. He was, we, were, he was, oh. we were taking pictures and all of a sudden we saw Sylvester McCoy. He was wearing a Charlie Chaplin mustache. Yep. And I walked up to him and says, Sylvester, can I get a picture with you? And he says, oh, you saw through my co my costume, did you? <laughs> yeah, he was amazing. And, you know, yeah, because he was really, I mean, he held court out there, you know, away from the working part. You know, he wasn't selling autographs or anything. He was just, I'm here. What do you, you know, and was, was very accessible and just, it, I was, it was, a, it was a great experience watching him play with the fans. It was really fun. Oh, it's pretty awesome. And that's what a Doctor Who fandom is wonderful about. And we, we have friends who have been on the show from both sides of the Atlantic. And we've even had an Australian on the show, you know. So we've, you know, we've played with all around the world. So it's been kind of cool over the last 10 years. One of the, one of the cool ones, I got to watch Peter Capaldi photobomb groups of cosplayers. Like huh. he would, he would sneak up behind them and no, they would, they would take the picture and the people taking the picture would be all laughing and all this. And they're like, what? And then he would leave. <laughs> and so they wouldn't know until somebody told them that he was there. 
That's funny. Well, I remember a Dragon Con Capaldi ran into the sci-fi classic room because he was being hit, you know, going through the hall because the green room was right across mm -hmm. the hall from the, and they were doing a Planet of the Apes panel and they had some, you know, of course, really amazing cosplay there and he ran into the room apes there's apes in here and he, and he was all excited and everything because he's a fanboy himself which is really awesome and everything which is pretty cool so pretty cool stuff folks and like we keep on saying thank you thank you for all the great times and you know even you know we even had you know for our episode, 100th episode, we had a cake and we had, you know, uh -huh. you know, thanks for everything, Phantom and everything. And we even had a picture of us, him going away in the TARDIS. So. Wasn't that at Hulanta? That was at Hulanta, right? That was, that was, was at Hulanta. Yeah. No, that was at Hulanta at, um, when it was still at the Marriott. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember you guys did a panel. Mm -hmm. And I think it was announced on the panel that that was his. That was his last episode. His last episode, yeah. Exactly. And people were like, <gasps> Actually, I think Robert and Helen were at that one. Yeah, too. I believe that was the same one. Yeah. Yep. So it was pretty cool. So very cool, folks. And, you know, there's a little bit of Doctor Who news. Um, but 10th anniversary is, you know, more important than that. You know, you don't really care that Doctor Who's coming back Easter weekend, do you? Really? No. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's been confirmed that Doctor Who is coming back Easter weekend. And it's going to, I think it's going to be on... They, I think they said the 18th, if I'm correct. So, um, you know, I'm sure people will fact check me on it. So I'm just going off of my memory. And, you know, it's a half the time that's Swiss cheese from because of college. So, but, you know, it's cool. But it's always awesome to be able to, you know, share new Doctor Who. So we'll be doing a live episode um, after that. I think it's going to be the Tuesday following that. We'll be doing a Facebook Live. So we'll be talking all about the new sea devil story. So it should be kind of cool. And we or got, do you, do you know if they are doing it like they did the, the last run where they're going to air around the world at the same time? Um, they did that for the new year's special. Right. I was, I was, is that still the plan? Do you know? Or? Yeah. I'm not sure they've said, anything <laughs> they haven't said anything about that. About gotcha. that so I'm just, I'm happy. We know it's coming, you know, Easter weekend, <laughs> you know, so we'll just six a.m. sunrise service. Exactly. <laughs> Do sunrise service with the doctor. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. So before I do any more sacrilege or anything, so let's take a quick break and we'll be back. And this week we're talking about the Ark of Infinity. So it's gonna be a lot of fun to talk about the fifth doctor. See you in a sec. Tonight's show is a little different. Tonight's show is about a man who's not really a man. He's a doctor, but he's not really a doctor. Like Dr. Phil, but awesome. Most people in the United States of America have not heard of him. He's just like me in that regard. Who is he? He's the doctor. Modern Musicology is a podcast covering topics on rock and pop ranging mostly from the 70s, 80s, and 90s with occasional excursions into the 60s and aughts and even occasionally the 2010s. Anything is fair game. Classic rock, R&B, folk, punk, prog, rap, metal, and way more with two Americans, 
one Brit, a ton of fun, and a healthy dose of cynicism. Welcome back. Now we are going back to the wonderful year 1983, and we're going to the beginning of the 20th season of Doctor Who. And it was interesting because the 20th anniversary of Doctor Who, they were trying to be like all special and everything. And each storyline was supposed to represent different eras of Doctor Who. And it was because this also included the five doctors in this run because you know we had you know we had this one where it had the return of omega we had a record the what was it snake dance was the next episode and and then you had uh, i think the return of the sea devils and the uh couple other characters the daleks were later in the season and so you also had the brigadier come back in this season so you had a ton of different things happening in this you know, era of Doctor Who. And we had, of course, the fifth Doctor. And it was mostly him and Nyssa and kind of Tegan in this one. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. But it was kind of... It she, was, she was not gone for very long. No, no. She, she wasn't yeah. even gone for an ep for a, you know a <laughs> she wasn't line. even gone for a storyline. Like she, they left her behind in the last story, uh, Time Flight. Right. And, and they act like they right haven't back. seen her for... Yeah, they act like they haven't seen her in like years. And it's like uh, it's just in the last story. So mm -hmm. exactly. Well, she had gotten fired from her flight, <laughs> flight. You know, because she was a basically a, a flight attendant. I don't want to call her a stewardess, which they used to call them back then. And basically, she was, I guess, because she kept on disappearing because she was on the TARDIS and she lost her job and so she was fired for it and so she was just wandering and she was going to visit her cousin in amsterdam who was backpacking through europe with his friend and then the now the, the dark side of doctor of traveling with the doctor exactly well it's exactly. so strange because throughout most of tegan's like first year or so she wanted nothing but to like go back home and then they leave her behind and so she's back home for how much, how many years, I don't know. But now in this one, she's like, they're like, you want to come back? And she's like, yes. And the doctor's like, um, not that and, thrilled and, about it. And, and, and well, and, and if, and if Tegan knew that Snake Dance was the next story, she wouldn't be that excited about it either. <laughs> oh, come on. Don't you want to be hanging out with the Merca? Come on. Because <laughs> uh, she goes through hell in the next story, I believe. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Pretty much. But it's it's nice to see her out of that uh, flight attendant outfit that she was in her first season. And because, you know, that wonderful, beautiful purple outfit. And you had, you know, I like this one because you had a great, great look at Gallifrey in this. And you got to see the High Council. And you also got, you know, a, a sneak peek also of a certain future doctor in this one. Yeah, not yeah. He's sort of right out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, okay. I have seen this one then. Yes. Okay. 
And so, yeah, you had Colin Baker in this one also. And it's interesting, too, because he was, I guess, replies his role as Maxwell in The Five Doctors. But they decided to hold him out because he had already uh, agreed to play the sixth doctor by this point because Peter had announced that he was leaving. So it was just, it was, it was interesting because, you know, he you, wished he could have kept the costume. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. was a better costume with the feather on his hat. It was a way better costume, even with the feather on the hat. The cape was badass. Yeah, he looked pretty good in the cape. I, I like that. I no like capes. The, no capes. I like I like the capes. Um, you, and, he liked uh, to dramatically swirl that cape. Yeah. I, unfortunately, there's, you know, I'm one of those, you know, watching this, it is hindsight, really, because it's not like this. I, you know, I had seen him as a doctor before I'd seen this. So it's really hindsight. But watching this, it's not like I was thinking, man, he'd make a really good doctor. Um, so, um, and according to the, you know, stuff I read or whatever, he, um, when they were making it, he was constantly being told that he was being too, too much. He was being too campy. He was too, he was hamming it up too much, et cetera, et cetera. And, 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 you know, they go on to hire him, uh, which is kind of weird after that. But, uh, uh, cause I don't think, you know, his run as the doctor, I don't think he's, he's that campy or that, uh, out there either. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I, yeah, I mean he's. Uh, I I don't know. J and T had a history of bullying as actors, so who <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. Just it's whether a, whether he was really that out there or that J and T was just being an idiot. Yeah, it does seem like sometimes that 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 Colin, in, in kind of like what what Jody has gone through. Some Colin was if Colin had had better stories and direction he might have been a, a better doctor, I think. Absolutely. Oh, completely. The and he found that he did find that out on big finish too. Right. Because he has become so much more well-loved after his run, you know, from the big finish or from seeing him in conventions and stuff. He's, he's much more, um, people seem to like him a lot more mm-hmm. than they did when he was actually the doctor. Well, he's yeah. quite good well, in Big Finish. And yeah. and purposefully, I mean, he was, unfortunately, I mean, his doctor was very prickly, even more so than any other doctor that we've had before or since, mm-hmm. uh, because they, they wanted to make him unlikable for some stupid reason. Um, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, he never got a chance to be redeemed. Uh, so, um, it was, he was just not somebody that anybody really wanted to watch, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, in this, in this, he's better. I mean, I, I do think that, you know, the role that he has here as Maxwell is, is really good. Um, I like the fact that even though Maxwell is doing his job and he's really enthusiastic about doing his job, he is still fair because when things, uh, when he finds out that, you know, the doctor is uh, not at, at fault and something else is afoot or whatever, he goes and he's perfectly willing to, he makes no apologies, but he's perfectly willing to uh, explore that instead of just stay with his like prejudices against the doctor or whoever. I could see that. I agree with that. But, you know, when he first appears, he's a, total jag off you know it's like you know yeah, just shoot sure. the doctor it doesn't matter i'm in charge here well, yeah that's sort of one thing. of those military types who's just doing what he's told right 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it it was kind of like they were pretty harsh on the doctor. Oh, we know Omega isn't in you, but we're going to kill you anyway to help save the universe. Yeah, they had no qualms at all about killing him. Yeah. Nope. It's treated very offhandedly. It's like, oh, okay, well, we're just going to kill you. Well, but wait, can I even? Nope. <laughs> no, nope, we've decided. We're, yeah. we're, it's. Any defense? No. Any, you know, any appeal? No. You know, just let him stay in his TARDIS without any any way to get out. And, you know. So surprising because the timelines are usually known as so generous uh, and open and open minded people. I mean, it's really a shock that they would have this attitude. (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) I can't believe they weren't fair. I know. Right. I mean. I, I can't believe they were, yeah, they were conned in this way, but... Um, well, they're conned uh, idiots. I mean, they say over and over and over again that the only way, it has to be somebody on the council who who sends the bio data. There's absolutely no other way, and they're told that like a million times, by even by each other, and they just completely ignore it. Yeah, and unfortunately, I'm at that age where, you know, and, and many, any many mysteries are ruined for me because it's the, you know, you automatically assume that because you've seen so many that the person who's least likely that you should suspect is usually the the culprit. So, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. and stupid Target books puts him right on the cover. Like, <laughs> like I was like, man, talk about spoiler. Like, if you get the Target book, you know who the plant is right away. <laughs> I was like, okay, let's not guess. Let's just show it and give it away right there. But also, too, I mean, when you hire Michael Go, like to 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 be in the something, you know, he's not just gonna like be in there to be a background actor, right? He's gonna right. be he's in there to actually do something of note, and uh, mm-hmm. and and so he turns out to be the guy here, and he's great. He's great. I, I you know, I appreciated him. Yeah, there there are certain actors like that. Yeah, if you see them there, unless unless the people are clever and hire them just to be a red herring, you know exactly. You know, yeah, like if you see Ray Wise in something, you know he's the bad guy. And un- you know? and unfortunately, <laughs> this period of Doctor Who writing wise, well, I mean, even this period now that we're in writing wise, uh, they're not going to you know be that deep. Um, they're not capable of really going and tricking you like that. Um, although I will say. Overall, I think Johnny Byrne did a great job writing the script. I usually like his stuff, whether it was on Space 1999 or the three, two or three, uh, three or four episodes he's done on Doctor Who. Um, he's done some really great scripts for them, and uh, uh, I appreciate this one too. I think I thought it was interesting. It held my it held my interest uh, throughout the whole story. I didn't feel like anything was padded. Um, yeah, some of the stuff in Amsterdam was just every time they flipped back to that i was kind of like eh, i really don't really know you where don't this think, is going like the whole last last episode is just them dragging out the chase oh exactly it was, it mean, was it one of the worst chases for, forever <laughs> uh, but it's no 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 it's it's them going like hey we've got this location where like this is only the second time in our history we've gone on location let's show amsterdam so we that get does to see not make it of... any more interesting to watch them <laughs> chase each other well, if you've never been to amsterdam like i haven't i'm fascinated <laughs> hey i've never been to amsterdam either it still didn't work i think i like this like episode less than you guys did so here here's a one column for us not agreeing on everything 
Well, they did that too, like with with City of Death. I know they Correct. went to Paris. Yeah, yeah. but there's but like works there's like one City episode. of Death. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying yeah. this is as good as City of Death. No, but it's the same kind of thing. It was like, well, we're here. <laughs> Let's <laughs> film as much of it as we can because there's like scenes of them riding bikes down the. Yeah, but it's kind of fun and charming and, yeah. in City of yeah. Death. Because ba- right. it was basically do in this right one, here. you had Peter Davison basically chasing himself. Yep. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Which I, 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 well, chasing I, a guy I, in makeup. But yeah. Well, throughout the second half of the chase, but in the first yeah. half of the chase, I mean, and I and I thought that was—I don't know—I thought it was done pretty well. I thought it was fun. It was interesting. I thought, you know, when the scene where Omega was watching the little puppet show and having looking down at the kid, and he actually smiled, it was just like, oh, is Omega gaining humanity or you know, feelings mm-hmm. and everything? But nope, no, no, no. no. <laughs> It no, was an I, evil I was, smile. I, I think it was just gas. <laughs> it didn't even it didn't even make sense for him to run because he knew that he was basically falling apart and the doctor would have been the only one who could have possibly helped him. And he was running away. It didn't make any sense. It was Plot-wise. funny as hell because Judy was watching the last episode with me tonight while we we're having dinner. And she was like saying Oh, he's playing dual characters? And I said, yeah, one's the big bad, and then that's the doctor. And she says, why did – there's one scene when he started, like, deteriorating, and it looked like they just put a piece of lettuce on the side of his face. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it was, was just in honor a... of the celery. Well, exactly. I guess they were out of green bubble wrap. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you know, typical people, Doctor you know, Who. We, we, we make fun of the green bubble wrap, though, but at the time – We think the... that. We don't. Yeah, the the green bubble wrap really worked at the time. It was interesting, though, yeah. partly, though, in this, you know, you actually heard when the doctor was talking to um, the guy on Gallifrey and says, oh, how's Leela? And, oh, I'm sorry to have missed her wedding. It was like, oh, yeah. I'm glad they Well, at least Jameson was supposed to be in this. Um, and uh, for some reason or another, she was not available or whatever. And so they had to. That's why Nissa has such a big part. Because they had to rewrite it and give her all her stuff. And I'll tell you what, you know, the Doctor and Nyssa, if, if this was the companion-doctor relationship and, and that's who, and, and when there was no Tegan and no any of that, if it was just the Doctor and Nyssa for like a whole season or so, that would probably be my, my favorite doctor, fifth Doctor season. Well, she finally gets to do something. <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. How, you know, all those people who say the Doctor never holds a gun... Um, another episode that shows, you know, <laughs> that, that one goes down the drain. Yeah. Real yeah. Quick. He never fights. We've seen him punch people out. We, yeah. It's yeah. Never yeah. shoots a gun. And, he, and the fifth doctor shoots a gun more than once. If I recall. Oh yes, he does. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. It, yeah. yeah. It's it, yeah. It's just one of those things. Cause Tegan, I know on the other stuff. hand does nothing. <laughs> I mean, Tegan just sort of wanders around with, by the way, those two actors that they have playing the boys are like one of the worst, two of the worst actors ever. Well, you know where written, they found those guys? They're they're written poorly too. I mean, when we were first introduced to them, one of them is like, "Oh my God, there's a cop! I'm afraid we're going to get deported or whatever." And he's like, "Don't worry." And then and they're like, "Where are we going to stay?" And like they go underneath this fountain thing, and uh. And then the one guy who, like, just a little bit earlier was, like, freaking out because they were going to get the, he thought they were going to get deported because they just saw a cop, was like, well, what's the worst gonna ha- that can happen? We can get arrested. And I'm like, 
now you're not afraid of the like it just was like yeah, that was really bad writing that was yeah. that was not really well lack of consistency lack of consistency well, he's but, freak, but he's freaking out because he lost his passport and it's like go to the consulate guy what do you, <laughs> what do you but think to mike's point for? but to mike's point i i really you know whenever we go back to gallifrey you know it, it's always weird because it's never really consistent with whenever we've last gone to gallifrey uh i don't know which one you know i obviously would do any of this out of order and i haven't watched them all so uh my understanding is i guess the last time the doctor's been to gallifrey before this was when uh was when he dropped off or you know when leela left right well technically he didn't when Le- yeah when leela that was the yeah invasion of that time was when the the invasion of time when the centaurans yep. attacked or whatever yep, so um yeah, so I don't I don't know the fifth doctor well enough to know if this is the is this his first time at Gallifrey. Was he still president at the time? He's been uh, president so many different times. Yeah, well, he, well, he, he uses they, his presidential code. He used, yeah, he uses the presidential code and to get. Uh, I don't know why he didn't do that the first time uh, when he was locked in, but the but he does use his code to get in, uh, get around a couple times. And then someone's like, I think Nissa calls him on the like, how did you do that? And he's just like. Uh, magic like he doesn't he doesn't say it all like of course because the doctor's not gonna reveal his secrets but no of course not but it was interesting too because you get to see gallifrey a couple episodes down in the in the fifth doctor in the five doctors also all right right so and you know brusa changes again they have a different actor to be brusa and he's the big bad Oh, by the way, spoilers for those <laughs> who haven't seen the Five Doctors. This forty-year-old show. <laughs> exactly. So, and this is the this is the first time we're seeing Obinga since the Three Doctors. It's the only uh, he's only appeared twice in. The, okay, wow. Okay, he's he's been in Big Finish, but he hasn't been um, on TV. This is he's probably got his own series in Big Finish. <laughs> <laughs> most likely and i still swear up and down that if moffat had his way he would have been bringing back omega as the big bad yeah because yeah, it does surprise me because it as so many of the characters that they have brought back in new who that, that that's one that we have not seen mm-hmm. especially now especially with what they're doing with the timeless child and everything mm-hmm. it would have been yeah. kind of cool to do that well, he's like a big joke now because every single time they're trying to hide a villain, some you know everybody says, "Oh, it's Omega." It's Omega. It's Omega. It's a Valyard. It's the you know whatever. Right? <laughs> so, so that's that's the, like the the MCU has that. Oh, it's Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Omega. <laughs> Absolutely. And what was the point of the bird thing? The bird thing was just stuck in there. Yeah. The bird thing was just. There. there. It's like, we're a... short. We need something to fill this space. <laughs> oh, what was that bird thing? Oh, it's one of uh, Omega's experiments or whatever. And it's just like, oh, God, it felt bad for the guy who had to be in that costume. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, how do you know? Like, like he's like, that's, a, that's one of his experiment creatures. And I'm like, how do you know? Doctor Who, that's why. But yeah. Maybe it's... they are in cahoots. Mm-hmm, exactly. They really knew each other really, really well. So, so the 60th anniversary is going to reveal that really he's been a villain the whole time. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> we could have asked and, him and, to do that. Enter the Valyard. 
Exactly. That's how it's going to end. Jody's regenerating and the value mm-hmm. pops up. <laughs> I am really the timeless child. <laughs> Just as a way to stick it to RTD. Exactly. Yeah, get out of this one. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> you kill him off in the very first episode of the new season. He regenerates again. Problem solved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let and- the hate mail flow. <laughs> It's you, Grant, right? <laughs> right. <it's> you, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Uh, I was... uh, I still, you know, I, I don't care for. Uh, I want to like the Fifth Doctor, but he's an he's a jerk, like a lot of times, and not a very. He's a little bit. Well, sometimes he can be charming, but most of the time he's just a kind of a jerk. I actually feel on this one, I mean, maybe it's just me, but it kind of felt like Peter Davidson was just kind of phone, phoning it in in this episode. I mean, I, I have, I don't hate Peter Davidson. I have seen episodes I like him in, but in this one, he just really didn't seem to care. Well, almost for, for the one whole episode, he was floating in the Matrix a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, wavy Wah. in the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell, there was one scene, and sorry if any kids are listening, please cover their ears, parents, because there was one scene, like, when Tegan was, like, floating in the Matrix with the doctor, and she started moaning and screaming. I was like, damn, where's this going? (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, What happens in the Matrix stays in the Matrix. Pretty much. Well, well, this was an era, too, where... Because they even did it, I mean, the sixth doctor, the fifth doctor, and even to a degree, the fourth doctor were, were very surly gods. They were grumpy a lot. I think they're, you know, Baker, was, I think Tom Baker was just a little bit more charming that it, it didn't set us off as much. But certainly, especially when you get to Colin, that, that irascible, irritable mood kind of wears on you after a while Mm -hmm. and i think i think the fifth doctor had that a little bit as well he just he seemed he seemed almost irritated with everything around him Mm -hmm. for a lot of it no totally makes sense and he doesn't even really seem to like his companions right no it's like (laughs) but but see i wonder was that a conscious decision in the writing of it did the writers want that or was it just no chemistry with the actors or what? I mean, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was a conscious decision that they wanted, you know, why you would want this beloved character to be, a jerk. you know, as a jerk <laughs> for, yeah, for, for lack of a better term. I was, I was thinking, trying to think of something PG because I, the word I had, what, what, you know, <laughs> but yeah, why would you want the character to be a jerk unless it was for a story reason, but we never seem to get that redemption of, you know, yes, he's been a jerk for here. Here's why it's over. And we go on. Mm-hmm. They, it just seemed to be that that was that well, that was the feel they were going for, and I I never understood why. I don't know if that was just because it was the eighties and it was the age of the antihero. If they were trying to put some of that, because you know that was also the same time we had a lot of these cop shows where the cops were all gruff and you know shoot first, ask questions later, didn't want to deal with people. I, I wondered if it was a but reaction. Re- to but that. remember, he's not vengeance. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, but I, but that was one of those things that's always stuck with me about that period of, of Doctor Who was, you know, was that a conscious decision to to make him a jerk? That's a good question, actually. That is a great, great question. Well, and... Peter Davidson, prior to this, had come off a run on All Creatures Great and Small, and he played 
the the sort of brother or the the son of the vet that like is not uh, a good guy. So I mean, it's not like he came from playing like he had a he had a reputation for playing a like a a, a pure heart, right? Um, he was not a very good guy in that show. So I think they just carried it over maybe a little bit with this one as well because they knew what he does. You know, this is this work for him on that show, which is really popular. So let's have him continue here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and I don't know. It's he does. He's not without compassion. Um, although typical doctor fashion, you never know when he's going to show compassion for something when he's not. Sometimes he just wants to utterly destroy something, uh, a threat or whatever. And other times he wants to, uh, in this case with Omega, he does show compassion, um, towards the end, which is, he actually gives Omega a chance, a a couple of chances. Yeah. It's like, come on, you know, I can get you back to your own place and, you know, you're like, I don't want to have to destroy you. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, don't make me destroy you. And he's like, I'm going to destroy everything. He's like, all right. Zot. Well, that's it. Don't say I didn't warn you. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that the weird thing is for me to like, you know, when, for example, at the end, when, when Tegan joins him again, they show the doctor's face and he's like, Oh, great. Like, like he has control. Like he can say, no, you're not coming. Um, if he doesn't want her, but I don't know why he hangs out with companions that he doesn't really like seem to care about. Like, you know, we mentioned about, you know, I mean, you know, when Adric died, he didn't really seem to really mourn or care. So it's just like, dude, it was Adric. No one cared. (laughs) I I think, I think the only companion that he really kind of has some connection with is Nyssa. And, and I really like the way that they play off each other. Mm-hmm. Well, Peter Davidson oh, has said that he thought Nissa was the best companion for he's his right. doctor. A- out of out of all the other ones he's had, he's absolutely right. And it, no, and it goes to show that that you know if Nissa has something to do, then then they actually they have some chemistry together and they yeah, can work well together. Was, I mean, I'll give them that. There was some nice interaction between them. I was really feeling bad for her having to run through Amsterdam in that very heavy velvet. <laughs> outfits again <laughs> it's like oh it's just, it's just so weird because he's like come on you two and i'm like what are they two bringing what are these two bringing to the table at all why do they need to come with you and in fact they stopped to help this guy who's just like been it's like is he uh, alive leave him like, like leave we have to go i'm like why are they so important to what you have to you have to watch me like do what i'm gonna do because you're actually not gonna participate do anything with me i just need you to watch that's that opening credits syndrome you know they're in the credits they've got to have something to do <laughs> or they've got to be there exactly yeah. Exactly. You know, it's, I'll catch up with you. I'm going to go catch the bad guy, you know, that type of thing. It should be more like that. You don't see Batman doing that. Come on. It's it's more, <laughs> it's, it's less of the, it's less of the opening credits and more of the, we need the doctor to actually talk to someone and explain what the heck just happened. Exactly. Yeah. You know, because if we don't have, if he doesn't have anybody to talk to, then everybody's like, I don't understand what just happened. Yeah. Come on. It would be. And great. even after he explains it, we don't understand. Nope. <laughs> Nope, nope, nope. And that's what's great. And all the Time Lords were doing was monitoring the antimatter. Couldn't they have sent somebody there to help no. the doctor along or something? Uh, they couldn't. Yeah. They couldn't because. Uh, oh, that's right. The, Omega was blocked. Uh, yeah, they had him on lockdown. Yeah. Every, oh, no, TARDIS is could leave the building, so to speak. 
Exactly. Not, not that I think they would have sent anybody anyway. No, this is the Time Lords. They don't do crap. Yeah, they were hoping Omega would take out the Doctor also. Yeah. That's right. As much as we talk about the Doctor being a jerk. Considering where he comes from, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a compassionate soul. Yeah. Exactly. Good point. Good point. You just kind of wait for one time for him to go, why should I help them? <laughs> So, any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? One out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. Mr. Mike, since you've been here the longest, you got to go first. <laughs> um, I am going to give this a three and a half. Uh, despite, uh, the you know, it, it's crazy stuff that happens. Uh, there's a lot that I kind of just was, I thought was fun about this. Um, it's kind of fun. Uh, seeing the, it's always fun to me seeing the doctor on Gallifrey, um, you know, mentioning Leela gets a plus for me as well. Um, and I thought Michael Go is great. Um, I thought Nissa was great. Um, uh, the you know, I'm not a big fan of having T given return and all that stuff that was in Amsterdam, you know, I could have done without as well. So if they just cut it down to just having it on Gallifrey happen on Gallifrey then. And I like Omega as a, as a bad guy, as a, as a, as a, as a villain. I mean, a lot of stuff that he does doesn't make sense here, but it still works and it's kind of cool in some way. So I, I give it a three and a half. Okay. Bobby. Um, I'm doing this from memory because it's been a while since I've seen it, but I would, I would probably go with a three as well. I, I don't remember. I remember, you know, thing, this is pretty good. I don't, you know, I don't remember, disliking any you know too much about it so okay fair enough that's good from memory i'm impressed yeah. <laughs> and it's you know and it's like until you guys started talking about it i was like i know, have i seen this one? Oh yeah okay you know so yeah took a minute for some of those synapses to start firing <laughs> that's cool mary i think i'm going to give it a two and a half because to me it's just very middle of the road it's not horrible it's it's not great um, it's kind of a typical fifth doctor episode for me. A lot of his episodes are like this for me. It's just, they're just kind of, you know, they're okay, but they're not great. Um, I, 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 it was nice to see Nissa get something to do. Um, and I think that is only because <laughs> her part was really written for Leela, but, uh, lucky, lucky her. She, she, it ended up that she got to do something. Tegan's, Tegan's wasted. There's some really bad acting in here. There's some bad writing, but it's, you know, overall, it, it's still, it's kind of fun to watch, uh, though. I will say that last episode where all they're doing is chasing each other through Amsterdam goes on for about 15 years. Um, but yeah, I think it rates for me about about in the middle, two and a half. Okay. That's cool. All right. For me, I'm going to give this one a three and a quarter. And it wasn't quite a 3.5. It's been many, many years since I've seen this one. And I enjoyed it. Um, the four episodes flew by just like that. I, For some reason, I always thought, and from remembering it, I thought it, Amsterdam had more of a presence in this than just really in the last episode. And I thought a lot of the story, to, and it was like, when I was watching it this time, it was Gallifrey, Gallifrey, Gallifrey. They were on, you know, and it was just like, when are they going to Amsterdam? Isn't it in this episode? And it's like, nope, not until the fourth. 
And it was just like, okay. But back in high school, when I saw this the first time, I so fell in love with Amsterdam. And it's on my list of places that I've always wanted to go. And, you know, for many reasons. And get the thought about the drugs out of your head, you know, <laughs> being legal there. But, no, it's the museums, the culture. I want. I so want to go to the Rembrandt Museum. I, you know, I studied art when I was in college, and there is some amazing things in Amsterdam that I want to go see. And you know, it's going to be awesome when I finally make it there. I think Judy and I are actually playing with the idea of us going there for our twentieth anniversary in a couple of years. Oh, that's so, going to be awesome if the world's you still can, around. So yeah, I, there's a great place you can stay. It's underneath a fountain. Um, <laughs> very cheap. No, yeah, very yep. cheap. Very it's, cheap. It's too dirty for Judy. She won't stay there. <laughs> you I, need I to film your. You need to film yourselves rerunning the, running the, <laughs> yes. the, the 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 path that they took in this episode. It's been it's been cleaned out by then. Yeah, you, yeah. Now it's probably an Airbnb, so it's okay. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so that's, you know. that's what uh, uh, Deegan's cousin uh, did. Uh, <laughs> right. Once he got out of the hospital. Exactly. Once he got out of the hospital, I'm going to rent this out to hitchhikers on backpackers all around the world. But we definitely would love to hear from you guys. What did you guys think of this one? Feedback at earthstationwho.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. Um, we did get a piece of email. So, of course, we're going to read it because, you know, that's what we do on the show. Um Tony Bowers actually dropped us a line talking about Vengeance on Varos, our last episode. He said, Hey guys, I listened to your review of Vengeance on Varos and pretty much agree with almost everyone's assessment of it. <sighs> Thank God, I thought he was going to have to <laughs> defend it. Um, one interesting note is that during the 50th anniversary, this is the story the BBC picked to represent Colin's tenure as the Doctor for its Doctor Who Revisited special. A sad commentary on the quality of the show at the time. That's I've, why we've seen it before, Bobby. Because that, that could be. Yeah. <laughs> that you, very you, well could be. You were swearing up and down last week that you guys had yeah. seen this before. We had seen yeah. this before. Yeah, and because we we're trying to figure out why. Because Mike was coming. I was like, "Wait, wait, is that the one that starts out with them voting?" On and he goes, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did think that that would that for, not not to for the entire show, but that opening with them having to choose mm -hmm. and do those, I thought that was a fantastic beginning of a story. Yeah. Too bad they, the they rest kinda, of it went. Yeah. It, it kind of goes off the rails a bit, but I thought that was an excellent beginning of an idea that never quite fully materialized. That's pretty cool. I'm glad you guys actually watched it. And my memory was working. Yeah, there you go. Because <laughs> Mike was swearing up and down that we had reviewed it already. So I yeah. thought that's the only reason I would watch it. I couldn't imagine why I would watch it again, but I did. No, we wouldn't. No. Yeah, uh, no, never, not, never again. Nope, 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 nope. Um, Tony went on to say, I've met both Colin and Nicola Bryan at Hulanta, and they are both lovely people. She had a wonderful speaking voice in real life. They both were doing a huge disservice during their time on the show. The story is an excellent example of that. Thanks and keep up the great work, Tony Bowers. P.S. I have the Sill action figure. <laughs> I don't know if he wants to promote that or not. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I wonder if it comes in a little, like, you know, aquarium case or whatever that you're sitting on. Or exactly. It has little bubbles in it underneath. Yeah, might be. Cool. It might be quite rare. 
<laughs> um, well, I'm glad, you know, Tony agreed with us because I know that uh, someone made a comment on social media when we posted the episode uh, that this was one they couldn't wait to listen to our review because it was one of their favorite episodes and i was like oh ouch like uh, uh, you know like all i had to, you know, we, had to say is i am sorry i am so so sorry yeah i mean i certainly you know hope that in in our enthusiasm or whatever in our critiques and as much fun as we have sometimes even with the bad ones or ones we don't like i don't want to you know throw it out there that we're offending anybody uh that likes this stuff likes these likes these episodes uh you know you like what you like and uh i you know so i can't i can't i can't like something or pretend to like something that i don't so exactly and there's episodes that we like that other people can't stand so sure and that's that's normal you know and everyone's entitled to their opinion even if they're wrong they're still entitled to it <laughs> so you know it's pretty cool though so Definitely, this is going to wrap up another episode and our 10th anniversary episode. This has been a ton of fun, folks. Bobby, thank you for being here with us once again. Oh, my my pleasure. It's been too long. Thanks for having me back. Oh, dude, it's always good to talk to you. Anything you want to promote? Um, I know. Who, always, am I, who am I talking to? Of course. <laughs> have, you, have you got there's, another there's, hour? <laughs> there's always stuff. Uh, BobbyNash.com. There's always stuff. Yeah. So well, uh, conventions are coming back, so I'm starting to add more appearance in as an event so if you're you know feeling you know like coming out to events look 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 me up come say hi mm -hmm. any shows you're going to be at coming up um actually i my i have one uh next saturday april the 2nd i'm at a library in dalton georgia for the uh, the dalton library's uh author fest which should be a fun day oh nice it's um, a great ride up there so it's pretty yep. cool so we're figuring we're going to do that. And then since we're in Dalton, it's just a short hop to McKay's. Hmm. Before, you know. I thought you were, so. at first I thought you were going to say Bucky's, but that's okay. Oh. <laughs> I've never actually been in a Bucky's. We've passed it, but I've never been inside one. Ah. The, thought, the place sings to you when you walk in. Ah. That's pretty awesome. I'll have to stop. I'll have to add that to the itinerary. Exactly. Awesome, man. And of course, Mary Ogle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful time talking anything, with you guys. Anything you want to shout out about? Uh, you can find my artwork at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Most excellent. Most, most excellent. And Mr. Mike, we made it through another one. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. Happy and, anniversary, know, done, my friend. Happy anniversary. We've done... As I said, this is uh, this is our 296th episode with four specials. That makes we've done 300 episodes, and throughout all of those 300 episodes, there's been one constant. There's one been one person that's appeared on every single one of those episodes and and helped put them together. And without a which, there would be no Earth Station Who, there would be no Earth Station One, there would be no ESO Network, and that's you, Mike Faber. So thank you so much for uh opening the door to this station and letting us all play in it dude after the day i had today i'm so happy to hear that i'm really really happy today to hear that you guys truthfully are the, the you guys brighten my day whenever i do recording with you guys and it could be the crappiest day i've had and today ranks up there with one of those and you know what talking to you guys just brightens it up and 
I am so honored to be working with some most wonderful people and people that I love, that I enjoy being with, and that, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing where the next 10 years goes. Did you, when you were starting out, because I remember when I met you, it was just you and Judy Brin. Was it your cousin were doing the podcast? My nephew, Dan. Your nephew. It was just the three of you were doing it when I first met you. Yeah. Did, back then, could you? Could you have ever, could you imagine the future where you're doing this many shows and what it's what it it's become? Um, yes and no. I was hoping there was a lot more money in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I said that about writing too. I get that one. Yeah, but no, I could never have pictured it. I could have never pictured in ten years. Hell, Earth Station One's going on its twelfth anniversary in mm-hmm. in two weeks. And it's pretty amazing that, you know, we've been doing it this long and it's just, it's amazing. And it's been a fun ride and there's been some ups and downs with the network, with the shows, with, you know, everything going on. But overall, it's been one of the best experiences of my life. Hell, it's been better than my regular day job in a lot of ways and it's been more consistent it's been a lot more positive and a lot more growth and you know what that's the cool thing about podcasting you make of it what you put into it and i work i am the luckiest guy in the world i work with some amazing people and i'm looking forward to seeing where this goes and you know let's have fun with it and at home thank you thank you for everything out of everything like what bobby was saying what micah said what mary said we couldn't be here without you guys if we literally you know we love talking to each other we consider it a restaurant and have the same conversations but we love being able to do it with you guys and you guys make it even more special and knowing that you guys are enjoying it going you guys are here with us and have supported us and egged us on, heckled us, all the above, you know, I, I'm just thrilled with it. And thank you. That's all I could say. You know, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know what? We're going to do another episode in two weeks because we love you guys so much. We'll be back and we're going back to the third Doctor era. We're actually going to be looking at the Sea Devils. That's right. Ooh. Getting ready for the Easter special. So... Why not? And actually, I've never seen this one. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a third Doctor story that I've not seen. So I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Love Pertwee anyway. And it's just going to be a ton of fun. And you know what? Thank you for riding with us. Thank you for being our co-pilots. And we'll see you guys. I hope everyone's well. Peace. And we're done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.